The tournament is where Cinderella stories begin, and big wins happen on the biggest stage. With Gambat DC, you could make your Cinderella story a reality. Take advantage of new player bonuses online and in app, or play in person for boosted parlays. You can bet on all 63 games, even if your bracket's busted, and play from the edge of your seat with exciting in-game bets. Make your bets now with Gambet DC. Terms and conditions apply. Please play responsibly. Three lines of dialogue. It may 
just be, um, like, um, like, you know, one line, um, and it's that kind of thing, where it's like, it's not like we can say, like, oh, well, we saw him trying to merge the two, um, before this, it's like, no, we saw him actively trying to suppress one of them for a while, then him, like, begrudgingly using it, and it's like, you know, it's, it's not a, you know, it's not explained. It'd be like if, if you did a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde story, and then all of a sudden we, we start an episode, and start in the next entry, and he has full control while he's Mr. Hyde. And it's like, well, I would have liked to have seen how that happened, but it's explained away, and it's like, alright, he's now Smart Hulk moving on. Like... It's that kind of thing where we don't have to sit here and be like, okay, well, here's the exact semantics of what he did to do that. And according to Marcus McFeely, when they were writing Endgame, they debated how to do that, because they knew it was going to happen, but they were like, well, how do we introduce this in a way that saves everyone? And that saves everyone, saves everyone time. Um, and without having to sit here and make this already three-hour-long movie even longer. And when you look at it, you're like, well, this is probably the best way to do it. You just, you know, all right, this is it, we're moving on. The same way they do that in, in Iron Man 2, where it's like, he's he's different. And, uh, like, I'm here now, um, this is me, I'm here now, moving on. Which is how they address the recast from, from Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle. Um, it's just, it's kind of just strange to me that... They spent all that time on that first episode. And then the second episode now, we're really getting into the meat and potatoes of what the show is. She's no longer a DA. She has now been fired from her previous position because it's a distraction and it's the kind of thing where it could affect cases. Um, she can't get another job because they're afraid they don't want the theatrics to go along with having a superhero on their team. So... She, you know, spends a good amount of the episode, like, moping and, and trying to get a job. And then we find out she does get a job with this law firm that specializes in superhuman crimes and all of that. Um, and the first case they want her to try is the parole hearing of Emil Blonsky, who is the abomination. And Tim Roth is back, and he is, you know, depowered, and he's great. And it's, it's kind of funny to see him there. And I think that... Ultimately, the parole hearing has to not work. Um, I think ultimately he has to be, uh, well, he has to stay in jail, so that way he can be in, in the Thunderbolt, so I think we're kind of hurtling towards that, um, but that's kind of interesting. Seeing, uh, Jen with her family was kind of funny, um, like, but I hope that doesn't become a regular thing, because for a one-off joke, it's great. For, for more than that, it's just not funny. Uh, it'll just get grating after a while. Um, what else was there? Um, what else was there? Um, yeah, I think that's really it. These half-hour episodes are, are really short. There's really not too much to talk about. Um, and then, Bruce going to space. Um, with his car and ship. I don't remember if I said it last week or not. 
and I think I'm in the minority on this, but I do not want Bruce to go back to Sakaar. Now, at this point, it appears he is going back to Sakaar, um, but I do not want Bruce to go back to Sakaar. You're probably asking why. Because at this point, we have seen the part of Planet Hulk that anyone cares about. Like, I, I think that's the, the biggest part of Planet Hulk is the Tournament of Champions. Or whatever we want to call it. Tournament of Champions what they called it in the movie. But, you know, that is the biggest part. And then, you know, him fighting his way up the ranks and meeting the Silver Surfer. Like, that is the part of the show that... Like, that's a part of the comic that anyone cares about. Um... There are so many other better Hulk stories you can do um, that I would rather they do. Um, I would rather, since we're going into the multiverse and, you know, time travel involved in all of that, maybe do uh, Future Imperfect Hulk would be better. Um, but we've already seen the part of Planet Hulk we care about. Unless they're sending him back there explicitly to fight through the, the Coliseum to meet with the Silver Surfer. Which would be... a choice. I th like, that would definitely be a choice right there. Um... I don't know. I feel like that there's very little that can be done in the situation that works out well. Um, and that's not in a derogatory sense. That is in a, a very... like, straightforward, like you know, I don't, like, okay, so they're not going to do the Coliseum again, so what am I watching then? What am I going to a movie theater or watching on a Disney Plus show for six to eight weeks? And it's like, you know, him with other people? Like, I, I don't care. And, okay, so, so what has happened in the aftermath of, of, of Ragnarok, where there was a revolution and the Grandmaster has been overthrown, and, you know, did that stick? What happened? Like, I, I feel like that... And the thing is, too, if you're going to do Planet Hulk and you're going to do a faithful adaptation of Planet Hulk, I don't think this version of Sakaar really blends with that comic well. I don't think this version of Sakaar lends itself to a serious take, especially when you have Jeff Goldblum as the one in charge of, you know, in events, um, I, I don't know, I, I feel like there's, there's a, a misfire of that, unless what they're gonna do is say Jeff Goldblum was deposed, and then they're going to introduce some new guy who's like a warlord who's in charge, and then at that point it's like, alright, I don't want to see this though, like, I saw enough of this. I, I have seen a just enough of Planet Hulk to satisfy me on my Planet Hulk craving. Um, when it comes to, uh, what's it called? When it comes to Ragnarok. I don't need to see an entire other movie of them retreading the same thing. Like, I, I feel like there's definitely a reason that they don't bring in these recurring, you know... There's a reason why bad guys don't recur as often as they really should. In, in these movies, and it's because I got what I wanted out of, this, out of these heroes, and out of these villains. I, I've seen what I want to see, 
there's no arc for it. There's like, it would be like if they went back and did, like, they're not going to do Age of Ultron again. Like, they're not going to do a Return of Ultron. Even though they could, they're not going to do it again. I don't understand why Planet Hulk is a thing where it's like, alright, well, we stripped it for parts already, but let's do it again. Um, it just feels kind of weird. And the thing is, too, the fact of the matter is, by introducing it in She-Hulk, you're distracting from She-Hulk. Um, because I understand why, because she's his cousin, and I understand why that there's a tie between the two characters, like, that all makes sense. I'm not saying that it doesn't make sense to have it introduced here. I'm just saying that, um, introducing it in the first and second episode, you are now distracting from the, what's the word over here, the She-Hulk, you know, of it all, like, the She-Hulk show that we're trying to watch. It is now no longer that show. It is now the show of, um, of other things, like other, um, what's it called? Of, of, of Hulk going to space again. And it's like, why? You know, why not? Um, I mean, look, the, the breaking the fourth wall is kind of funny and, and all that. Like, when, when you talk, when you're talking to Bruce and Bruce is on the, the scar and playing, and he's talking, he's talking on his cell phone, and, um, he goes, come on, that was years ago, I'm an entirely different person now, and she looks right in the camera and goes, ha ha, like that, like, alright, and the thing is, too, it's like, I think these, like, this, if, if this is what they're gonna be doing, and they're gonna point and laugh at casting, I'm gonna be here, like, there's always so many times you can do that before, it's like, alright, we get it, you, you're, you're self-aware, you know you recast this role, I get what you're doing, um, everyone gets what you're doing, you think you're clever, move on, um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much in favor of this show, I just feel like the weekly release model is not exactly helping, this is a show that had they dumped out all eight episodes at once, I would have sat down and watched all eight episodes at once, I wouldn't have waited, you know, I would, I, like, I think that this would have been better served by that binge model than the, uh, the weekly release, because it's just frustrating to not have answers, and it's not because, like, the show is trying to create a puzzle box, like, like a J.J. Abrams type thing, it's just, it's slow burning out a story, and I'm like, I don't think this is the kind of story that needs to be slow burned out. Like, I would like to have more overt explanations as to what's going on. Um, it is also funny that they, they did bring in the fact... Like, I think this is the first time that there's been something referential of itself in Phase 4, if I'm being honest. I I, I, I don't recall anything else reference. I mean, besides the Spider-Man reference in Multiverse of Madness, which they couldn't not reference... Um, because, like, Doctor Strange is in both, and Multiverse in both, and, you know, they had to reference Spider-Man, um, but I think this is the first time that they've self-referenced something within Phase 4, is the, the idea that the episode ends with them acknowledging the fact that, um, Abomination has escaped from jail multiple times to go fight in an arena against, um, what's it called? against Wong, uh, and they were splitting the money, like, that's the kind of thing that doesn't really get, you know, that it got acknowledged, 
And I think that the thing is, it's like, we're starting to see this idea that people who are saying that, like, they didn't really have a plan going into this phase are going to, going into, you know, the post-Endgame world. It's not going to be, it appears they're going to be wrong. Um, And they're they're going to, they're going to appear to be wrong um, on this whole thing. Um, So, uh, so yeah. I, I think that that's everything. I think that's really all we've, you know, we've got for this episode. Um, it's a good episode. It's just, I feel like we're not moving fast enough. Um, for, for me at least. I, the, the show is not really moving at a speed that is, you know, conducive to, you know, anything. Um, so... Tonight, I should be seeing 3,000 Years of Longing. Um, I have to get an oil change first, so that'll be dictating what time I see it. So that should be tonight. Tomorrow morning, I'll be doing my review of the latest episode of uh, Harley Quinn. Um, and that will be... That will be tomorrow morning. Tomorrow afternoon, breaking the new John Boyega movie... And then tomorrow evening, uh, and then um, Saturday morning, Pac-Man World Repack. So, until then, have a great rest of your week.